Yeah, I like your collection back there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> got, a, got a few of yours in there. <laughs> yeah, so I see the sneakers over there on the side. Stony Island Audio. And now, it's time for the Dead by Rap Pop. With your hosts, Timon Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say... Not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad Who chronicles the vanguard of hip-hop at large Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod Rap, pop, pop, pop Podcasting live from San Jose, California. It is the Dead Bot Rap Pod. I'm one third of your hosts, Damone Carter, aka Dem One. I am joined by my man Dave Ma. What's good, man? Hey, you guys. Good to see you. Um, beautiful, beautiful day in, in the uh, Bay Area. So that that's yes, kind of keeping me going. Other than yeah. that, it's a very Monday, Monday. <laughs> um, but Dave, let it let it not be uh, overlooked that my guy came through in the Pharaoh Saunders hoodie, which is <laughs> which in the music nerd realm is just a real flex, bro. Thank I mean, you. very you. very yeah. good hoodie. Yeah, Thank yeah. You. I, w- yeah. I was I was thinking they should do a, a Pharaoh Mach one in the same. Oh. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Ooh. We'll start a bootleg label. That's the number. That's the first design. <laughs> exactly. Uh, very, very exciting for the listeners. My new label, Mave Da. Uh, <laughs> uh when uh around the time that he passed away people were passing around an image i wouldn't necessarily call it a meme and i actually don't know where it comes from but it was like you can't trust anyone but yourself in the first 14 pharaoh sanders albums <laughs> <laughs> that's like, awesome true truer yeah. words never written yeah man uh and you know who else you can trust besides yourself nate leblanc how's it going i'm all right <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Everything's good. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, getting back to life, back to reality, like soul to soul warned us. Yes, <laughs> yes, uh, totally. Uh, for the listeners, just to paint the picture, uh, Nate kind of has a blackjack dealer vibe that he's doing today. <laughs> uh, uh, and, you know, you know who it is. It's 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 me. Um, I'm in, of course, one of my uh, monochrome uh, unique low jammy fits that I have <laughs> uh, on the podcast. It's comfortable. It's podcast gear. It's warm. It's, jammy. it's comfortable. It's jammy. Uh, and we're we're happy to be here with you. We've got a dope interview on the other side of this segment with mathematics of the Wu Tang Clan. Perhaps you've heard of them, uh, but it got us thinking about the best Wu Tang beats and so we're gonna talk a little bit about some of our faves but before we do that what is the anatomy of a wu-tang beat what makes a wu-tang beat wu-tang um and obviously has been copied to death and it's kind of become part of the the lingua franca of underground hip-hop at this point but um nate let's start with you what are what are some of the the basic components of a of a wu-tang beat Melvin Bliss, synthetic substitution. Hey. That's where it all <laughs> starts, dude. And I cannot get sick of that. I love yeah, that right. song. I love songs that are made out of that song. I love right. samples and covers of that song. Like those, those are just some of the great, greatest drums. And I love how like, I'll, I'll say the second thing to reinforce the first. RZA, especially at the beginning, obviously he's the architect of all of this, didn't have rules. The same way mm-hmm. other producers seem to have rules. Mm-hmm. Like he just mm-hmm. used those drums multiple times over multiple things. He probably still uses them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fucking great because they're awesome and there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Um, and so I think there's a, a, and then 
there's atmosphere and I don't know how to yeah. else to describe that. I'm doing a hand motion here yeah. that I hope would help you guys understand what I'm saying, but it won't help the people listening. But <laughs> the, the couple of songs that I picked are mostly just because they're just dripping with atmosphere. You can feel, you feel like you're inside of these beats. Mm. They're amazing. Mm. Dave, uh, actually talked to a couple of members of the, of the Wu-Tang. Have you talked to RZA? I have talked to Riza. I uh, talked yeah. to Riza for uh, the Grammys, I think, around this time last year. Last year, that's right. Yeah. Um, talked to uh, Ghostface and talked to the Jizza as well. Both were sort of, you know, bigger pieces for um, Wax Poetics um, a mm. few years back. Um, to answer your question, though, um, a Wu-Tang beat, I would say, uh, Kung Fu Sample plus Wendy Renee plus Synthetic <laughs> Substitution equals Wu-Tang, you know, like. <laughs> but to Nate's point, atmosphere, 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 and that, and that's just a testament to to Riz's sort of, you know, being keenly aware of just how things end up coming together. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the rules, you know, that, that's right. a great, great point, Nate, in that one of the major innovations, and they talk about it on Enter the Wu Tang, is like everything was glossy and shiny, and it's intentionally dirty. Rap shit had been dirty before through like lack of technology and shit. But I think mm -hmm. Wu-Tang was the first group to like really lean into it at the same time that Dr. Dre was like producing these pristine, mm -hmm. um, huge rap records. Wu-Tang went in the other direction and it totally fit their visual aesthetic. I mean, I'll never forget the first time of hearing um, uh, Protect Your Neck. And I'm like, this is unhinged. This sounds mm -hmm. like absolute madness i'm i'm both like, frightened and entertained my ears right, right, exactly. <laughs> like, i was like what are these crazy sounds and it just created you said atmosphere nate and i, I feel you, it, it's attention wu-tang beats rizza's production as rizza is the voltron of all this um holds tension in a way that um rap beats hadn't before and so um it, it makes their stuff distinctive we're gonna get into what are some of our favorite wu-tang productions obviously having mathematics on to kind of talk about um, his relationship with RZA and the, and the Wu-Tang approach was great. But um, let's start with you, Nate. Give us, if you're stranded on a desert island with three beats from the Wu-Tang, what are you picking? Uh, before I go into that, I just want to say Mighty Healthy, which Mathematics produced, which is on Supreme Clientele, is a freaking amazing, amazing right. beat. Like right. he, yeah. That's the, maybe the one he's best known for possibly, or just the one that looms largest in our universe because we're such supreme clientele heads. But I hope I'm not stealing this from Dave, but I went with Child's Play. Ooh, uh, of course. Of course. Oh, just take food out of oh, Dave's man. mouth. Why don't I you? know. It, and there's so many different producers. <laughs> there's more producers than you would think on Supreme Clientele. If you go back and read, yeah. the, read the liner notes, there's more going on. But it is one of RZA's kind of masterpieces. I love the way it moves. I love the tone that it sets. I love the... Um, nostalgic mood that it evokes for Ghost to describe all the stuff he describes on that song, which is so amazing. And that was the first thing that came to mind when you said the prompt. And um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, um, there's like little movements within it. There's little, yeah. there's little pieces for the chorus. There's little pieces for the bridge. There's little pieces when he's just telling the story, things drop in and out. It's very dynamic. It's just, it's just such a great beat. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great pick. And I think uh, Supreme Clientele was a moment where, the Wu-Tang production had been evolving for a while and now other people could do it. In the, in the early stages, it was just right. kind of just RZA, but by the time we get to Supreme. So yeah, that's a, that's a great pick. And now Dave is forced to pick something else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's your second pick for uh, all-time Wu-Tang beats? Uh, I, I like We kind of talked before we uh, turned the mics on today about how basic this made us feel, but like I really did want to go with something elemental. And when I think of like, the atmosphere thing like the the heat off the sidewalk and the kids playing in the um fire extinguisher which i've actually never seen anyone do and i don't know if it's still a thing anymore but it's such <laughs> like a thing that i think of as new york at this time and then uh it's ice cream i just just yeah. like that is, that is such an amazing beat and um i've never gotten sick of it you know what i mean yep. like some some of totally. the big singles you might want to skip Sometimes I never skip ice cream. It's just, it's yeah. it's such a great beat. They did such a great job with it. They just turned it into an iconic song. But before anyone says a word, you're already on the ride. You're already deep yeah. in like this um, summer in New York and girls are everywhere. And there's just, it's just, it's dripping, like quite literally. 
Oh, there's uh, a heavy metaphor there. Um, it's also, I was thinking about this song in terms of uh, Blockhead's prompt on Twitter that if a sex song isn't funny, there's no reason to listen to it. Ice Cream's not funny. It's just horny. Right. It's one of the best horny, and it's a horny beat. Like, it's about, like, girls and relationships, but only RZA could be like, and let's have that be a dark, spooky piano. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of tension in the in that beat, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of male tension there. Uh what's your <laughs> It's very male. Um right. Um last one I wanted to give a nod to something that I think a lot of the producers in Wu-Tang's Orbit do well, but it's another Riza beat and that's like call back to the old school, like um to an earlier era and so I went with uh Cutting Heads off of uh, uh ODB's uh premiere or debut record and i just i like how simple it is like the, sometimes yeah. like it's like four sounds and yeah. it just it sounds dope and i i really like th that they started as a crew all in together now and they took it back to that in this mm -hmm. time when we were really out of um routine based hip-hop i feel like we've been talking about routines so much in the last year, last year or so yeah. um and so it's just like it's basically them doing one of their old songs over this just extremely minimal but knocking beat. And I love that they never let that part of hip hop go. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and it's why the catalog is, is so well respected. Um, Dave, now that you've had uh, four minutes to come up with a new list since they <laughs> took yours. Pretty um, much, pretty much. I almost what, picked ice cream too, Jesus. <laughs> what, uh, what, what beats stand out for you? Um, I mean, so when you prompted this, I rolled my eyes, then stared at the sky and screamed. Um, it's kind of, <laughs> I mean, with Wu-Tang, there's just so much to pick from. I mean, it's a fucking landmine not to pick, you know, shimmy, shimmy ya and fucking cream. I mean, what do you do? Um, anyway, so I, I went with a couple personal favorites. And um, first one, um, Liquid Swords, Jizza. Uh, God damn you. How it damn off. you to hell. Was that one of yours, too? Yeah. We we all pick cream three times. No. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, the way it starts off with the Shogun Assassin sample, a little bit long, but fucking brilliant. And, you know, the beat itself, the Willie Mitchell sample. I mean, I when I DJ, and again, I'm putting this in air quotes, um, I, I go from the Willie Mitchell song into Liquid Swords. And um, it's, to this day, just one of my absolute favorites. Um, and, you know, going back to the original sample, you know, Willie Mitchell off the stacks, I think the song is called Groovin', if I'm, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Fuck, I mean, just that song alone, like, I'm such a huge, huge, a huge fan of. So, um, so Jizza, Liquid Swords, um, second one I picked was Child's Play. And, um, <clears throat> and off that album, I mean, there's so many to pick, but um, I just... Um, without trying to repeat some of the stuff Nate said, that out that song specifically sounds like RZA is doing it live, you know, with all the mm. weird switch ups and the the jutting samples. You know what I mean? And they're not. It's not like they're slowly morphing in and out and and are like perfectly blended. Um, he just juts things in and out. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it's fucking incredible. And it's not only one of my favorite um, Wu Tang songs, but maybe my favorite Ghostface song. Um, it has a lot of sentimental meaning for me personally. Um, so that is number two. And number three, again, I almost picked ice cream, but I, I went with uh, another one off of uh, Cuban Links, which is Criminology. And, um, I love that one so much, again, for sort of the same reasons as the Liquid Swords one. Um, the original sample, um, The Sweet Inspirations, Why Mary, is one of my all-time favorite just soul songs in general. And love it so much. Love it so much. And if you caught me or Nate DJing back in the day, we pretty much always played. It was a it was a big staple in our sets. So um, criminology. And if you haven't heard it, again, I, I implore you to check the Sweet Inspirations. Why Mary? It's a brilliant record and a brilliant song. And yeah, criminal criminology would be number three for me. What about you, Demar? Man. Uh... What a list. And now I've had to redo mine. Um, <laughs> I'll never forget terminology because of how Raekwon says Julio Iglesias. <laughs> and then and then he's like, oh, make a cream like that nigga. And kind of chuckles in the lightest possible chuckle. So like cool. he knew that was so that's, fucking ridiculous. And I, I love that about that. That's amazing. I love that yeah. you love that because that's the <laughs> shit that I love, you know? For real. Um, when another. You hear, when you can hear their smirk, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was kind of like so tongue in cheek. And I, I, I appreciate that about Wu Tang. Um, 
one of the tracks that uh stands out to me was also liquid swords i have a, a short liquid sword story uh back in 10 plus years ago when i was still performing at downtown nightclubs um did a set at this spot called the voodoo lounge you know like most rappers i don't have rizza beats so you open up the show with a rizza beat like you come mm. through oh i closed my set with rapping over over liquid swords because that chop as a rapper is just so infectious like the bounce and the groove is just there for it's almost like a the funnest conveyor belt to hop on so it's so cool to rap to so whatever i do my little rap shit probably wasn't great um came off stage and the next dude who's about to go is my homie noah diakili and him and his dj are like in a frantic fucking panic they're like we were gonna start our show with liquid swords yeah exactly well uh i took that from you um yeah one of if you know maybe if i had to pick one beat um it might be that um another beat that stands out is also from the liquid swords album for me is fourth chamber yes um and that one it it is it's just so hard it's it's in this rizza era of era of he started with kind of the jutting samples the kung fu stuff by the time we get to liquid swords He's infusing these like really fat fucking bass lines, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And like really these chunky drums that weren't as present on uh, Enter the Wu-Tang. Um, so I've always loved that. I used to have a, a neighbor who would like blast rap songs during his barbecues. And for whatever reason, it would be like Ice Cube, Mac-10, and then fucking Fourth Chamber. Only Wu-Tang <laughs> song he would play on his huge system. But I always used to smile in my house like, yeah, this, nice. shit, is, this shit is hard. Also has a, a really long intro. Um, which is, in my opinion, a flex on Resist part. Like, this beat is so dope, you're going to sit through this. You can wait for it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. He set, it, sets it up perfectly. Um, the other chambers one... before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you go get all three of these chambers before you get into the fourth. Oh, that's good. That's good. Dave Ma, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the, the last one I picked is, um, it, it's, it's been a sentiment of, sentimental favorite for me, is As High As Wu-Tang Get. Off mm. of um, off of Wu Tang Forever, kind of it's for the funny, same it's funny reason. For us, we're like, oh, a later one. That's like yeah. twenty five years. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> a more yeah. recent. Uh, <laughs> Going new school on us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Switching it up there. Uh, yeah, it's, high to high school. <laughs> it's it, it's an amazing, amazing uh, record in the sense that um, again, it has this low end quality that Wu Tang beats don't always have. Um, and you know it again it creates tension and rizza was to my mind one of the first producers to never release it um it's kind of in the same way that miles davis would create a very eerie soundscape and just never let never get off of it and i that's kind of how i feel about as high as we take gets like it winds you up and then that's all you get like, you're like um the best beats to me are low-key a panic attack and so um giving you those that, wound balls <laughs> there's no so, release no <laughs> nate if you're trying to bring semen retention into the chat i'm gonna have to um, so those those are our, our picks uh for some of our favorite wu-tang productions well, before we move on i just want to say uh when we're doing our little equation like i, I know most people say Riz a really heavily sampled Stax Volt, which is true, but he also did high records. So it's more kind of right. like Memphis Soul. Right. It's Ooh. like he brings he brings like something from that whole catalog to Willie Mitchell and just like all that's the Charmels is on right. Volt and um, you know, all right. that all that great music he really brought into the forefront in the same way that like, you know, an earlier generation did James Brown or whatever. It's just or a tribe was doing for whole, jazz, right? Like yeah, yeah. open yeah. up that whole pocket and mm -hmm. just made that kind of part of the canonical sounds of hip hop. And if you go back and explore those records, you have a lot of great music ahead of you. Totally. Um just hit up the internet machine and find out what Riz sampled and make yourself a little playlist. And you know, there's a lot of dope stuff. It's, it's amazing, but he, that's a great point, Nate, but he, to my mind, was one of the first to show you how to do it. The jazz samples seem to be more ready-made. I'm going to chop this upright bass into a bass line. Um, Rizzo was like, they're singing on it. So what? Like, we're going to, we're going to run it. We're going to loop this shit anyway. Um, and so that, that, that's a great point. I think it, his bringing, foregrounding soul samples 
you know, I don't know if you have the same Kanye West if you don't have that, right? Like the the idea of a soul chop is kind mm. of like a RZA um, innovation. So all that to so say, I'm glad he didn't speed them all up. I will say that. <laughs> he didn't he didn't totally. chipmunk them, but uh, but yeah. Uh, so definitely, obviously, shout out to RZA. Um, but also, it was great to talk to mathematics because when you start when you look at his production catalog, I have to admit some things I thought were RZA's. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually mathematics. And um, so he's got um, his own incredible track record and was cool enough to take some time away from touring in South America. I think he was in Colombia uh, on his way to Argentina. I think that he... makes it the second farthest anyone's ever been who talked to us. Remember uh, Marcus, Marcus Moore, Moore. from Kenya? Nigeria? Yeah, Kenya. Nigeria. Right. Kenya. Yeah. yeah, and then so with the, by tuning in from Colombia, which I think shocked the hell out of all three of us. We're like, yeah. oh, totally. we didn't yeah. realize you were making an effort. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fish, fish, fish scale. I mean, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I did. There, I behaved myself. I know. I, music, I air quotes. <laughs> Doesn't have anything in his suitcase, air quotes. So, uh, yeah um super super cool guy super chill super engaging um a a dope producer in his own right i listened to a lot of his music um to prep for the interview and he's got some stuff with wu-tang members he's got some stuff that's not with wu-tang members he's got an an extensive uh career of his own and so interesting how he's never been a member of Wu, but he was around since the very beginning like, and designed yeah, like, the logo. So, yeah, so involved in everything. Right. That's this. You guys are about to hear the story of like the the logistical circumstances of delivering the logo, which I think is totally, pretty totally. Yeah. <laughs> great story. Well worth the price of admission for this podcast, which is zero. Actually, a reminder to uh, uh, subscribe to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/DadBodRapPod. But let's get into it. This is our interview with mathematics dad i've heard lots of people say once a man's a killer they just keep on killing and killing they sort of develop a taste for blood yeah that's right they kill one man or kill ten it's all the same yeah. after all they can only hurt you one day. Both hands clusty, chillin' with my man Rusty. Low down, blew off the burner, kinda dusty. The world can't touch, ghost purple tape. Raid co-host, Monty Hall Expo. Intellect, you red pro. Sun's trifling, fuck. Wildflower on the cycling. Picked up the broom, thought I was Michaelin. Sweat, right and pool. Dad Bod Rap Pod, every week we talk to people who have moved and shaped hip-hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have DJ, producer, mathematics on the line. What's happening, man? Peace, what's good? What's going on? Man, we we living our best lives out here in California. Are you in New York? No, I'm actually um Bucaga in Colombia. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but y'all where the sun is at. It's like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh for real? It, 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 it is ain't no sunshine over there in, in Bogota, Colombia. Wow. Um, it's been it's been kind of I've been here for the last few days. It's been a little, you know, what I mean, gloomy a little bit, you know. Okay, okay. Is that is that good for making Wu Tang style production? Do you do you need some some <laughs> well, great guys? We were out here doing a show, actually. <laughs> He's out here doing a show, so I'm okay. on a South American tour right now. So oh, um, tomorrow we leave for Argentina. Oh, so. that that's sick. You guys gonna come out in messy jerseys and just blow the whole crowd up <laughs> nah, nah, you know we're coming out nah, look, 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 we're coming out in our w's look, Columbia, oh right? with the oh, nice. Colombia. Hey. Yeah, yeah. wow you thought of everything no that's that's, <laughs> that's dope, dope because the yellow of wu-tang is also the yellow in the Colombia flag yeah 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 you yeah y'all, y'all on mm-hmm. the game uh, thanks for making time, man. We know that you're on the road. I uh, just want to talk to you about your career, and we know you have a, an upcoming project. But I, I wanted to take it back. You got your start uh, working with the Jizza, the genius, when he was yep. still on Cold Chillin'. Can you talk a little bit about how you connected with the Jizza and what it was like to be around the Cold Chillin' roster at that time? Oh, all right. So, yeah, when I like... Jizza, I'm from Southside, Queens, and Jizza has a lot of family in Southside, Queens, and, you know, he stayed out there. Like, Jizza stayed uh, uh, probably every borough, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, but, yeah, so I, I would hear about, because I was young DJing, 
like when I was 15 years old, I was doing park jams in Baisley Park in, in the projects and you know basketball courts and all that. So um, I knew his family because I grew up under one of his cousins, like his cousin Life, who actually sings on Cold World. Um, and, you know, him, Shaquem, who was down, you know, with Cypher Sounds. And I used to always hear, you know, from just people, you know, the neighborhood about, you know, AJ, Law Justice. And, you know, like he was a dope MC, like, you know, he was mad swift. So, you know, I, I've been trying to meet him for a while because a few people was trying to hook us up as far as like, because I was a dope DJ and he was a dope MC. Um, so it was like years in the making because it took a few years before I even met him. <laughs> but once I've met him, it's like we clicked. It's like we clicked and we've been brothers ever since that day. Um, and but he took me on my first like major tour because um, prior to going on a cold chilling tour, I did a, um, a New York a New York City tour, like a five borough tour with Mr. X, um, who had the parody of I Know You Got Soul, We Drink Old Gold. But this was like next level. And then to be with Cold Chillin', because like Coogee Rap, you know, one of my favorite MCs, if not, you know, my favorite MC. And he from Queens. And then I was a big fan, you know, of the whole Cold Chillin' movement from the beginning, you know, that Marley Martin put into motion. Um, yeah, but IU was on the road, you know, rest in peace. Um, Roxanne shot. No, no, Roxanne wasn't on the tour. Um, Granddaddy IU kid Capri, Master Ace, he was on the tour. Um, Biz, rest in peace to Biz. Yeah, it was dope, you know. It was like, it, for me, being on that tour, because I think that, I, I want to say it was either 1990 or 1991. I'm not sure which year it was, but, you know, I, I was... I was a hip hop fan, you know, so to be out there with the, you know, with major members of the, uh, of the Juice crew, that was big. That's, that's so dope, man. Thank you for going over that history for us. Um, and speaking of history, I mean, you, you have a lengthy one, so we're going to jump around just a little bit, but I want to give you a chance to talk about um, hundred miles from home. Um, a nine part episode, short film, method man's on it. Rome streets is on it. We were just talking about his new record. Um, uh, tell the people a little bit about that. Yeah, it's like, well, it's my first project as far as writing. Um, and one of the first scripts that I, I've written. So, you know, I have, me always like to write. Like I could always write, even rhymes. I could rhyme, but why rhyme when I, you know, got the LSMCs in the world, you know? So I'm, I'm just playing my part in that position, but writing is something that I love to do. Um, so I, I went, studied, learned how to write scripts and put my ideas to paper. And, um, I, you know, once you start writing these scripts, now it's like, well, what I'm going to do with it now? So I decided to put it to video. I decided to hire a film crew and shoot it myself. Decide, you know, so at the same time, I learned the process of, you know, putting everything together, um, you know, from getting the actors and you know, from the catering, like every little aspect of it, I actually learned on it. Um, but yeah, so it's close to my heart, 100 miles from home. And I, I try to be different. And this one I purposely wrote as a musical and, you know, did music, you know, that everything fits with the story that, that is telling that 100 miles from home is going to go into, um, as we get further along in the weeks, it, it goes into different stories because for me, writing is the art of storytelling and um, you expressing yourself and trying to get something that you see in your head out that you really want to get out. So I think what I'm, well, I'm not, I think I know what I'm doing is I'm just trying to set different moods and different tones and bring people to different worlds, but worlds from where we're, where we're from, basically. And then, you know, with the use of music, being a producer, telling the story. Oh, that's so cool, man. It's like, uh, you know, film is so great because it encompasses all of the different arts and it sounds like you've got a real, real uh, like vision for it. So we can't wait to see that when it's out and about in the world. Um, I had a slightly different question I wanted to ask you, which is that when you're deciding who you want to work with on a certain track, do you care what the MC says or are you just looking for like vocal tone or like who you think would sound on it? Like, do you ever produce around topics do you get what i'm asking yeah i know what you're asking and, and and you know what 
like sometimes I may not always agree with what the rapper says, um, but it's not me to suppress them because it's their art form. It's like we putting our art forms together so they become one. So, you know, a lot of times for me, it's a little bit of both. You know, it, they, it plays an important part, the vocal tone uh, or, that you have on a certain track. So I'm listening for voices and I'm like, see who can fit that particular track. But then at the same time, what that person, that individual brings to that track, I could tell them my ideas, like such and such, this and that. But I wait before I even tell them, like, say if I do a track, like I did a track with, um, I got a track coming out soon. Um, and, and it's it's a topic and it was attacked in two different ways. Is 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 you know I think it's one of my most beautiful songs when it do come out, and it's um goes to meth on it, and before I told them the ideas, I let them listen to it first, so they can you know because I want them to express themselves and what they feel, and we was all along the same page, and it was a little scary that me and Ghost was so much on the same page, and I won't say scary, it's just been a while. Because, you know, um, a lot of my first joints I did with Ghost, you know, like from the NFL Jams joint, Fast Life. That was like the first joint that I did here in the States. Um, to um, O'Donnell on the Pillage, to Mighty Healthy, to um, Supreme, I mean, from Mighty Healthy to Cobra Clutch. Like, and, and it's like we was just so in tune. And, and it felt like this again. And it's like, you know, because where I was going with, he went there, you know, and it was beautiful. And Meth went there, too, but he took a different route, you know. So I didn't really have to tell him because the music told him, you know, mm. which was beautiful. Man, that's that's so dope to hear. And I uh, can't wait to hear the track. Speaking of production, uh, you mentioned RZA being one of your, your mentors. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you've learned from working with RZA and, and how you apply that in your production? Oh, yeah. For, for one, professionalism. Mm. Um, when I say professionalism, it's just to know the knowledge of what you're dealing with. Um, early on, RZA impressed me. When we was in the studio, we was dealing with Supreme clientele. And, you know, it, it, it's sometimes it's the little things, but when you can tell an uh, engineer um, I needed that, um, you know, give me this, um, you know, at this hurts, this so, so many DBs down, such and such. I understand now, but then I didn't. Um, him being on time to, to, to studio, him, his work ethic, you know, to this day, um, is, is very, it made me more professional, you know, just like even doing shows with RZA, you know, because it's like, I know RZA so long that, you know, we're brothers on one on one aspect of things, but then if you look at it on another side of the coin, we we work together, right? So, um, and when we work together, that's totally different. You got to put everything else to the side. So, if like when we was dealing with the orchestra, it's like you know, for me, I I'm I gotta be on point. The reason why I feel I got to be on point because I know my brother Riz is on point. See what I'm saying? And, and you know, you can't, I can't lack because I know he he's not going to lack. So he gave me that motivation because it's like, if I feel like I don't want to fail myself, let alone anybody else, as something that I know that I can do. So, you know, and that's just about putting your best into everything that you do. And he's an individual that, that, that um, does that. Um, as far as advancement and moving from one one space or one type of music to the next, all that to me is inspiration. And yeah, so yeah, it play a big part in what I do and how I do what I do. Working so with also somebody taught me to be my own individual. Uh, he do, went to my, my my next question. How do you how do you make space for yourself when you're obviously working with one of the greatest producers in the history of of, of hip hop? Well, you just bring what you have to the table. So it's like if we cooking a meal together, and he's coming with the um, if he's coming with the vegetables, all right, let me get the starch together. You know what I mean? I I, I take that, and, and you you know you put it together, 
you get a meal. So, so you know, that's how I deal with that because, you know, music is, is that's all emotional. The process of bringing it out is thinking, right? So now what I start doing is how I feel. And how I feel is different from how you or anybody else feel. So that's what I, I try to bring. To me, music is more emotional, it's more feeling, because when you hear it, it's like you get, it sucks you in. It should, you know? Sad songs should make you, you know, be like, oh, wow. You know, happy songs should make you happy. You know, party songs should make you party. You know, it's about understanding the moves and all them grooves and, and, and letting it go. And, you know, the pro so once you do that, the emotional part, then comes the language part. Because it's music is a language, so I want you to understand what I'm feeling. So that's what I, you know, I always try to bring. You know, like you know, we'll bump heads. Like me and him just did some co-production together recently. You know, um, and, and you know, all this will be out pretty soon. And yeah, I mean, it was good because I got to work with my brother again in certain aspects and certain things in certain ways because. You know, as far as Wu-Tang, everybody has grown and, you know, ventured out. You know, you got Rizzo directed movies, starring movies, Meth starring movies, um, Ghost got, you know, Killer Coffee. You know, everybody got something going. Everybody got something going. So it's kind of hard sometimes to, to be like, yo, let's let's get some work in. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, nah, I, I'm not going to be around. I'm, I got to be here. I got to be there. So it, it's hard, you know, so. Right on. Um, you mentioned you mentioned RZA, you mentioned your production, and so you know, and you also mentioned Ghost. And and on that topic, we have to ask: um, Can you walk us through the making of Mighty Healthy on Supreme Clientele? Um, certainly a standout beat. Oh, that's like uh, we from the Park Jam era. You know what I mean? So it's like the whole vibe is to be on some like on a Park Jam. You got the breakbeat in it. You know, you got the whole substitution. You got the whole vibe. Then, then it was uh, Divine, uh, Divine Force, right? Sir Abu, who's my man. Peace and shout out to Sir Abu. It's like you have like uh, uh, what's kind of like a dedication to Sir Abu with the, when we hog these mics, we get busy. Come and have a good time with G-O-D. So, yeah, it's like, you know, it's all the roughness. It's the, it's the hardness. You got like some of the harmonizing, but it, it's really like it's just hip hop. It's like it's a feeling. It's like if you wasn't at a park jam back in the day, that's where we was taking you to. If you look at the video, the videos in the club, you know what I mean. And, and to me, it gave me the whole vibe of when I was a young DJ, DJing. You know, going into certain spots that I wasn't even supposed to be in. You know, because either I was DJing or I was running with, I don't know if you're familiar with a brother by the name of Livio G. Like, it's Livio G and P-Fine. They used to have a radio show at NYU in New York City on 89.1 called Rap This, right? He was from Southside, Queens, too. So he used to go out, he used to DJ in the clubs like the world and, you know, a whole bunch of different other spots. But, you know, sometimes I would travel. I was lucky enough to travel from go, go up in spots. So when we did the video, it was like that whole vibe. It's like the whole, you know, yeah. It's like we did that at around the same time, Wu Banger 101, Cobra Clutch, all that was like, we was just like vibing and just rocking. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Such a great song. Um, this is a dumb question, but I have to ask, do you like the most deaf song, Mathematics? Wait, wait, say that again? Do, do, are you a fan of, or do you listen to, or have you ever used parts of that Most Deaf song, Mathematics? I'm a fan of Most Deaf. He's dope. That's a dope song, Mathematics. You know, um, nah, I never really used it. Me personally, I played a record. Um, nah, he killing it too. I mean, you know, it happens to be my name, but it's also a subject in school. It's also when you deal with supreme mathematics, you deal, mm. you know, it, it, mathematics is universal. You know, it is so nah, that's a that's a dope one right there. Shout out to most deaf. For for sure. But, but I, ne I never used it because for me certain things is too cliche. You know what I mean? Too easy. It's like the, the cut up a song mathematics, because his name mathematics <laughs> and I'm mathematics. It's like Bell, that's a layup. Mm -hmm. Uh but in addition to DJing, producing amazing songs, 
you also designed the Wu-Tang logo? Yeah. So so you, you have a background in graph. Kind of, can you talk a little bit about how that came together? And also, when you did that, did you have any inclination that kids will be walking out of Target in 2023 <laughs> with, with the Wu-Tang logo on their chest? Ain't never heard Mighty Help you. Yeah, that's crazy, right? <laughs> nah, I never had a, I, I didn't from like, you know, and it's crazy because me and Deck was just, we was just talking about um, like, like, you know, we used to talk about our, our early days and, and like, you know, when we first met and like, he was like, yo, when I first met you, you had the black book and you was drawing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, word, actually fact. And, and when I first met him, he was rhyming busy, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I was like, "Yeah, I remember when I first met you because I met you and, and Meth together." But you know, that's a, that's another story. But yeah, um, drawing is something that I've done. Drawing has been in my family. My mom's drew, my pops drew. Um, I had older brothers. You know, they 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 drew. So it's like you know, it was me chasing behind everybody else because you know I had one little sister, and it, I you know, it's a lot of us in my family. I was like the youngest male. And so me, I'm looking at them, I'm chasing behind them. So that's how I really got into drawing. Plus seeing the graffiti all on the trains and, you know, all or, or, it, it was just natural to, to for me to pick that up. Just like, you know, as far as hip hop, b-boy, it, it all went hand in hand. You know, when you right. went to the center, that's where I first saw b-boy in that. But that's where, you know, brothers was like, yo, drawing, writing on the walls and doing, you know, the graffiti, all that. The music was playing the hip hop. So, you know, every aspect of it, I, I've touched it in one way or another. Um, yeah, certain yeah. things I really embraced, though, was as far as the DJing part of it and the art part. Um, so with art, I, yeah, I went to high, when I went to high school, I went to um, technical and vocational high school in Queens called Thomas Edison. And um, I, I majored in art. Mm -hmm. So um, at commercial art was, was actually my major. I was kind of, you know, trying to figure out if I was going to do commercial art or if I was going to do architecture because architecture is really where the money was. But then I was like, mm -hmm. and this is ironic because my name was a mathematics at the time, but yeah, <laughs> I was like, it's too much mathematics in architecture. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that fun. You know what I mean? And then with the commercial art, I have freedom. I can, you know, I can do what I wanted to do. I can bring something out and then see some, you know, you know, you you want to pass the class, but you had to do something ill, but I had the freedom to create. So yeah, yeah I had art in my background as far as um that went. Um I never really pursued it past high school. I was an uh, individual, I ended up dropping out of high school. Um, but to me, you know, I didn't drop out because I was a dumb kid. It's like I was the type of kid I would cut class and then come to school test day and get like a 90. Right. But I would still <laughs> fail because certain teachers like be like, well, hey, you ain't come to class. So I ended up going to night school and summer school and night school. But to me, it didn't matter because I would go to night school and, you know, play ball or, you know, what I mean, or just go hang out, go to summer school. You know, it was fun. You know, the girls is up in summer school. You can, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> just go up there for a little while, make up this work. All right, I'm good. I, I'm cool. But, um, yeah, so with the, yeah, with the W, I, I, I never had no idea it would be as big as it is. Um, what was the inspiration for the W? Because it, it's kind of graph, but it's not. It's not a straight up graffiti W. Like, what what was kind of going through your mind when you were you were coming up with that? Uh, well, I think that um, just like music, art is an expression of what's inside you and what, what you know, we was going through at the time, even as far as Wu-Tang and me doing the sketches prior to and just um, everything that was going on. Because I think even in that W, even though it was simple, because I think simplicity is always best, yeah. you know, just is always best because if you look at the illest logos it's like well it's mcdonald's it's just yeah. the arches the nikes it's the swoosh you know um pe guy mm -hmm. crosshairs you know uh so with the wu-tang logo i just was trying to you know me and richard had some talks right and then like i you know over the time i sketched but when i actually did it he just called me out the clear blue and at the time i was doing i was working i was working um um carpentry and he called me he was like yo i need this logo 
So I was like, all right, um, I got you he, um, when you need it. He's like, tomorrow. Yo. And he called me as soon as I walked in the house. You know, that's the day <laughs> with the phone ringing. You got to yeah, go yeah. pick up your phone. You yeah. know, so he just caught me. And I'm like, work tomorrow? I was like, yo, I got work tomorrow. But if you want to meet me in the city, come down to the job. I got you. He's like, all right. I said, I got you. So I went across the street. You know, at the time I was living in 40 projects, right? Southside Jamaica, Queens. Went to the store on, on 160th Street. When they got me a 40-year-old English. I wasn't really drinking old English. And I already went to Ballantyne L, but something told me to get a 40-year-old English. <laughs> and I had some chocolate tie that I got from stuffing the 121. So I rolled that up, smoked me a little beanie, drank my 40, hopped on the floor, got to work. I, I drew it on the floor, cold project floor. And just wow. was like, you know, yeah. And, and I looked at it and I was like, I guess this is it because it's getting late. <laughs> I got to work. <laughs> I got to go to work in the morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, you know, basically that was the original logo with the book and the sword with it too. And as time went, we ended up stripping it down. Oh, yeah. So, matter of fact, before I get to that, the next day, when RZA came, they came to the job to pick it up. And um, I was working in the city at the time, 200 Varick Street which is where the club SOBs is at, but I was upstairs. Mm. Um, and I think um, E1 is in a space now, in the same space, but we was building some type of lab. I don't know you know, what type of laboratory it was, just for the materials, but I'm in there working, you know, I'm, you know, doing carpentry, the carpenters is in there, you know, some electricians, duck workmen and all that. Elevator opens up. Here comes four dudes with hoodies and, you know what I mean? The tempo was walking like, you know, so I, everybody kind of stopped. I'm looking, oh, to see what they looking at. Oh, it's my peoples. So I, I go back to the cubby, go get my flat book, bring it out. Like, yo, right here, meet them. And it, it's RZA, it's Divine, it's Ghost, and it's Power. <laughs> so they came and picked wow. it up. So, when it, you know, they op you know, I opened it up. I got it. I was like, yo, here, I gave it to RZA. RZA looked at it. He was like, shook his head, passed it down. They all passed it down, passed it. It's like, all right, this is it. Peace. They loved wow. it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. <clears throat> wow. So, so from that day, you know, it was it was all. But getting back to the simplicity of things, you know, we, you know, took away the book, took away the sword, and the W because stood out on his own. And that, yeah. so as far as that, it's a little bit of graffiti, it's a little bit karate flicks, and it's yeah. hip, you know, it's hip hop, you know, because I have W's like, you know, as a graffiti artist, you try to not try, you do, you better. You better have some lettering, your own type of yeah. lettering, your own styles. So it was from one of my styles of lettering, but then, you know, with the influence of the, from the karate flicks, the hip hop, just everything else that we was going through in life, that's just what came out. Man, wow. and, and and the rest is like literally history. I gotta ask you though, uh, Wu-Tang is, is, a, is a national brand, a phenomenon. I, I said, it's like our version of Metallica. Like, it's just something so durable. Everybody knows about it for years and years. How, did, how does it feel to you for, for the story of Wu-Tang to be uh, a TV show now? And what, what are your wow, feelings about the show? It's, it's, um, I think it's dope. You know what I mean? I think, I mean, anytime, you know, you get a show about shoes and you got somebody playing you, that's dope. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it's like, wow. Because... I never would have thought of this going back 30 years ago. It's like, nah. And then time moving so, you know, by. And a lot of people that we started with, you know, unfortunately may not even be around. You know what I mean? And we was able to stand the test of time and still be here and still touring and performing. And, you know, brothers are still doing music. And when you listen to, you know, a rhyme, it, it, you know, uh, beat is like, yo, they still got it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I've listened to Meth, right? Meth just did, oh my goodness, Meth is crazy. <laughs> Meth be saying, yo, it's like, I, yo, his his work ethic is crazy too, but it's like his sword just keep getting sharper and sharper and sharper. It's like, he don't, mm. yeah, Meth don't play. <laughs> None of my really brothers doesn't. do, but yeah, Meth just said some shit to me. Just recently, and it, it just blew, it, yeah, blew me away, man. I'm like, yo, where the fuck is your thoughts at? Like, what was you thinking? It's like, like I wanted to sit down and do an interview with him. 
<laughs> we do too. So if you wanna, <laughs> hey, see, I hit him up. It, 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 he, it's hard to catch him. Yeah, I, I <laughs> tell you, he's I on set a lot. He's def, It's like he definitely made that transition and, and doing a great job. You know, For proud real. of my brother, big mess. And he's Man. big, right? You see him now? <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's he's mighty healthy. Sorry, had to. Um, <laughs> uh, mathematics, we we thank you so much for coming on the program, man. We'll we'll keep an eye out for the short documentary and, and all the dope productions you got coming up, man. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. What we're gonna do right here is go back. Way back, back into time. Here we go. Okay, everybody step up to this. All right, that was our conversation with Mathematics, live from Medellin. I don't know if he's a man. <laughs> that sounds cool. Man, that was great. I mean, I'm no mathematician, but uh, no, um, yeah, I thought that was great, man. I mean, for him just to make time for us, I mean, I didn't know he was way out there. And, um, you know, we're talking to the dude who made one of, I mean, possibly one of the biggest logos of all time, as yeah. time will tell. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It, it's, it's one, two with the, with the Run DMC logo, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. um, yeah amazing story, amazing storyteller. Um, I just love that once and twice a month, I just get to talk to a real ass New Yorker. That's, that's always my takeaway. Like, man, you're a fucking New Yorker. I found out the exact cross streets of where everything happened. <laughs> no, dude, my that was favorite. Yeah, yeah. He's, all, he's like getting mad at himself for not remembering. It's like we literally don't know the difference. Yeah, we literally live three thousand miles away. Like you, you could we tell me any street. Yeah. I, I love it though, because because it's part of the the New York uh, chauvinism that that is actually the world. That's like right. them telling you they went to Southern California. Like right. it is the literally the world for them. But it was a uh, yeah, it was a dope interview. And, and then like, there's always something behind it. They're like, it was in Crown Heights. Oh, like expect you to understand what that means. I'm like, okay, there are a lot of Jewish people there. Like, I don't yeah. understand what the reference is here, but. And the time period too. It's yeah. It's it's fascinating yeah. to 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 talk to native New Yorkers. But um, yeah. What a fucking he gave the goods on on the yeah. stories and has uh new stuff. I the song he talked about with Method Man is actually pretty dope. Um, so it's it's great to see. Uh, they're still going. Also, Method Man not cussing Nate anymore. Are you are yes. you willing to take up that pledge? <laughs> fuck that no. uh, yeah did he have like a religious epiphany or something or I, I think this is all part of his uh whatever the opposite of a heel turn is you know how he's turning into a very palatable wow. doing a baby wow. face yeah exactly wow. he's, he's, or a face i think they just call it a face, a face. Yeah. Into a good guy. and and the ladies -E are here for it so. Face. Uh, <laughs> so that's interesting uh wow. i you guys know i have issues with spanglish at times and uh on the rome street song that method man is on p's and q's which is a mm -hmm. good song method man it's not spanglish he just raps in spanish for quite a while yeah. like, yeah. it's like i was like that's interesting so yeah. uh, i guess he has to fill in all those spaces where all the curses used to be <laughs> or just maybe curse in Spanish. Um, it was so funny. Like when Damone, you went in on you asked mathematics. You're like, "Hey, we'd love to talk to him too." And he's like, "Yeah, I can't do anything for you on that." Like, he's, he's really like, busy yeah. being like a famous actor and rapper, so that's not yeah. gonna happen. But yeah. you guys are cool. <laughs> that was so dope. He's like, "Yeah, not even the pretend." Kids. Like, "Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. I'll send you his email." It's like, "Nah, dude, no. don't, yeah. don't hold your breath. Don't, that's don't, hilarious. don't bother." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But the the Wu Tang is is somehow bigger than ever. Um, they they've got the series uh, yeah. that's on TV. I think whenever you have other rappers playing you uh, in a series, you've definitely leveled up in terms of uh, where you sit in the culture. So, um, shout out to Wu Tang. Shout out to Mathematics. Um, shout out to Method Man. I think he could still come on the show. I think we need to believe. He, I think it's listening. like he's listening. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like the great pumpkin. If we don't believe, he's not gonna come. Well, um, I, I believe we can get any person affiliated with hip hop culture at some 
point in time if the like the timing is right it just has to be synergistic timing and they have to like you know want to talk to some nerdy heads who like know about their early records and stuff and i I do think there's an appetite for that as we've demonstrated uh several hundred times but i think we just uh, have to stand around at hello wu-tang shows and then it'll come (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, you know, that's the the type of discourse you've come to expect here on the Dad Bod Rap Pod. Want to encourage folks to sign up for our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Pod. We got a lot of new goodies there. And that's where you get the, the lowdown. Nate comes through and gives the Patreon listeners uh, an advanced drop on kind of what's happening with the show, where we're going next. And you have an opportunity to kind of talk back to us um, about what's going on with the show, what you what you feel and what you're not feeling. So definitely take some time uh check us out and you know we're still on twitter for the time being it's getting rough it's rough seas out there on the twits <laughs> um we were never blue check so we're not worried about that um we're I, mic I check not you blue guys check. oh that's what, oh dave has a blue check actually did it get taken away yet dave um it's still there but i purchased my blue check in the 90s so no it's kidding <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny Um, i I have to tell you guys like my ploy to get off social media to spend more time reading is going like so great i'm already into my second second novel um yeah i'm reading there there by tommy orange which i think you read at one point Mm -hmm. yeah we'll we'll talk it less hip-hoppy than i was led to believe but that's okay my wife's a liar Uh, (laughs) (laughs) mentions mf doom once once yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know that you know that like style of uh rhetorical thing it's like mentions mf doom once totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> sitting, there in, sitting there in a metal mass reading this book about like the terrible atrocities of urban native americans that's so good but it's, so that's it's dark yeah Oof. Oof. yeah well right. shit since we're here to book nook dave what are you reading oh man i'm reading um uh shit i don't have it on me nate i just World showed Star it to captions you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Deep inside joke. Hold on, hold on. Um, come right back to me, Demon. Okay, I'll I'll come back right back to you. Just, I'm still on social media, which is why I can't finish this book, <laughs> which is great. Uh, Aaron Duffy Roy's uh, The Ministry of Utmost Happiness. Ah. Um, which is a a really really good book, but it requires like attention. It's a book that you like you gotta really strap in for. So I've been I've been struggling to find the attention, and it is Twitter's fault. You're a hundred percent, Nate. I like, got it. I got it. You're yeah. going to read like random sports statistics or actual literature. You know what I mean? Not yeah. sound all high and mighty. I was on it for many yeah. years. I'm just trying <laughs> yeah. something new. Yeah. I was uh, just talking to Nate about this last week. I just picked up Music for Chameleons, um, oh. a book by Truman Capote. And I've never oh. I've never dove into his stuff. Um, I obviously okay. knew, know of him, but blown my fucking mind so far. I mean, his writing, okay. his, his natural word selection, his like tone just it's completely captivating. Yeah, I'm, I I might need to borrow that one after you're done with so it. I've only read In Cold Blood and then right. watched both the movies about that. So I need to read some of his other stuff. His sentence structure is out Redick, of control. Ridic, ridic, Yeah. Um. I was uh. I've also been reading more of the never-ending stack of New Yorkers that gets delivered to oh, my nice. house. <laughs> and uh, I don't, this is a deep cut for podcast listeners and mostly just for you guys. But do you remember when we had Wajju on at the end of last year, and I said like his book and then that film always be my maybe both gave yeah. me that same sense of like capturing something specific about growing up in the bay area. bay area yeah he did not betray this in any way at the time but i open up the uh uh you know a ep, uh ep, what are they called issue i want to keep wanting to call Episode. it <laughs> um backseat to my jeep i've got my new yorker <laughs> issues um, <laughs> and uh he's was profiling Randall Park and like hanging out with him and talking about the, oh, the right. actor from that movie that whole time. And I'm right, like, oh, well, that's right. interesting. Totally. I remember him posting some pictures about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a good profile. I definitely learned a lot about him. And I want to watch his new movie, Shortcomings, which is based on an Adrian Tomine um, graphic novel. Do you guys know mm-hmm. him? Optic mm-hmm. Nerve. It's like kind of like nerdy very pristinely drawn he does a bunch of new yorker covers now mm. um like indie comics um based on berkeley um so it's about like this group of kind of like um like unlikable snobby pretentious um asian americans and so whoa whoa whoa, whoa yeah, exactly <laughs> they sit right here bro <laughs> eyes, eyes on your own paper <laughs> So yeah, kind of like a Noah Bombach, but for you know Asian America uh, kind of thing. But anyway, so that's uh, that's what I'm reading. All right, reading a lot. 
I love that we started this segment not knowing we'd land on Book Nook, but yeah. that's, <laughs> that's where we at because we we trying to be literate. Hopefully you are too. Stay tuned. In the coming weeks, we are going to do a recap of all the dope shit that came out in Q1 of 2024 because that's where we at, folks. We're already fucking four months into this year and shit. It's, 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 crazy. it's wild. Time keeps slipping into the future, but we're still here. We've been here. We're going to be here next Thursday. Dead All right, yo, check this out. Yo, this is Matthew Max right here. One, two, one, two on the mic check. Making sure everything is clear. And you rock with me on the Dad Bod Podcast. Wu Tang. Peace. Roses are red, violets are blue. On one knee, sucking your hips up in your pool, boo. Got a flu, cause I'm loving your candy lips. Tight as a glove when we lock, understand me, miss. We made love in our socks. Hawaii was the last trip. Water splashed the ashes right between the rocks. Dreamy fox, your hard nipples, yo, I kissed them. As in the spring fountain came running through like sprinkler systems. Your eyes twinkle, I'm your victim. Your hot jacuzzi love, unplug. Stephanie, her pops don't like black people. That's why she left me, especially fuck me. You got some tiggo bitties, you every bit of pretty You come from Kakalaka just to see me in the city You got the oh my goodness, you got the oh my goodness You bootylicious, mind your doggy style is oh my goodness I see your nipples peeking, I got Victoria off the hook